Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church, as Pastor Joel preaches from Genesis chapter 1 with a message entitled, The Song of Creation. Turn in your Bibles to page 1 of your Bibles, which is super fun to say. Page 1 of your Bibles to Genesis, Genesis 1. I've never preached Genesis before, and I am uh, so excited to. Uh, three years ago, we began, we began on this journey through the Bible, and the way we, way we preach here, uh, we have a core value of biblical fluency, which means we want to know the whole of God's Bible, all of it. And so how we've kind of chosen to do that is we break it down into three sections of the Old Testament and three sections of the New Testament. And over the last three years, we've, we've gone back and forth at the, the Torah and then the Gospels and then the writings and the epistles and then the, the prophets and then a little thing in Revelation. And that's three years. And we're, we're starting a new journey today for three years. So if you're here, if you're just visiting, perfect timing. Now you're here for three years. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but today is the first step of that because we're going to start in Genesis until we get to the book of John in the fall. And then next year we'll go into the, the writings and the, the letters. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. So turn your Bibles to Genesis 1. We're going to start it right at the very beginning and our first step of this year in a year of really beginnings. Uh, Genesis 1.1. Would you stand again if you're able just as I read the first two verses? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Let's stop right there and pray again. Lord, as we come to your words, would you open our eyes so that we could see, open our ears so that we could hear what you'd have for us. Lord, soften our hearts so that this morning we wouldn't know more, but we would know you more. That we would, we would be more in love with you and more drawn to your person than when we came this morning. So, uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, drop all of our defenses, that the arguments that we have uh, coming in, even to these first, uh, these first few lines and pages, that the, the controversy that we've heard before, Lord, that all that would, would cease and we'd come in humbly to hear what you'd have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Uh, the very first words that God inspires a man by the Holy Spirit to write down was, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Now, before we get to our text, I actually want to set this up by an illustration. I want, to, I want you to have a picture in your head as we read through Genesis 1 uh, this morning. Um, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually a very good fort builder at home. I have been since I was like a little kid. Uh, I love building forts. How many of you have ever built a fort? Anyone? Yeah, it's just something we do, right? As a kid and also as a parent. 
Uh, I built an epic fort one time. Caleb will remember this. He was really young, but we took their whole bedroom and made it a fort. We had the uh, big metal bunk beds, and we moved that. We moved their dresser in one area, this other thing where it held toys, and we put uh, blankets all over it and little caveats where we could go and lights and snacks in there. Their whole room was a fort. It was epic. Uh, they were too small. They couldn't be like moving their big bunk bed uh, thing, but I could. I'm, I'm dad could. So I, I moved all that stuff around, and it was it was a great fort. Now here's the picture I want you to have in your mind as we approach Genesis one this morning. Uh, picture my youngest daughter Hannah, if you know her. Picture she's like two or three years old. Uh, dad gets the day off work, uh, and so what am I going to do to make this like a fun, memorable experience for Hannah? I'm going to build her a fort. So I grab all the, the cushions from the couches and, and blankets and, and chairs and rope and little clips that I can have, and I put them all in the living room, and they're all just piled up in the living room. Now, we could say that in the beginning here, the fort, it it's really doesn't have the shape it should. You know, it's no place for Hannah to, to, to be in. It, it's formless and, and empty right now. Uh, so I have to get busy. I have to get ready to work. So, so I take the chair, and I put the chair over there, and I, I put the blanket over top, and I clip things together, and, and boy, I've just, I've formed it now. What, what was once formless has now been formed. Uh, and, and so then, with this formed fort, I begin to put things in. Uh, I put some pillows in there. I put, I put her favorite, uh, you know, stuffed animals. I put Snoopy in there. Uh, then I even grab like a little snack tray and put some snacks in there and put, put a light in there so she can get in some books to read. And the whole time Hannah's like, can I go in? Is it ready yet, Dad? Is it ready? And once it's been formed and filled, then I'm like, yeah, go in, enjoy the fort. And she goes in and she just has a great time. You know that, that, that picture. Can you picture that little three-year-old in a fort with everything that she needs, all the good stuff, and she is enjoying it? And she goes, hey, Daddy, why'd you put this in here? Hey, Daddy, what, what's this for? And I'm able to explain to her, hey, that's a secret area that you can put your snacks and your candy so your brothers won't know. She's like, yeah, that's awesome, Dad. Dad, why'd you put this here? Oh, that's another great thing. You can open it up and be able to see outside and spy on people. Oh, Dad, that's awesome. If she has questions about the fort, the most natural thing for her to do is then to ask the creator of the fort, what's this for? Now, in the, the same way that Hannah could ask me, the creator of the fort, uh, if we have questions in life, if we're wondering where, where we should go, the meaning of things, what we need, how this whole world has been shaped, there's one that's created it. And we can ask him. And this brings us to Genesis 1. If you're wondering this morning, well, why do I even exist? What's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of what I'm going through? Uh, the Bible begs us to look in Genesis 1. We're going to see this morning a song of creation. We're going to see this rhythm and parallel and meanings that's inviting us into the story, not just mentally, but with our hearts as well. We're going to see, even in these first few uh, words and lines and page, a God who brings purpose, he brings life, and he brings meaning. 
He orders things just with the intention in mind. He fills them with good things, and then he brings meaning to that. Well, this passage, it's so well known. Uh, if you've been around the church at all, you know that even those first two lines, you just know them so well. Even if you haven't been in the church, you, you've probably heard those lines, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So I want to set it up this morning by telling you, we have so many experiences and understandings and things we've lived through or assumptions that we bring to this text uh, that it is, it, there's a whole pile of those and I'm not going to be able to untangle all of them this morning. I'm just not. And so if you came with questions about the text this morning, more than likely I'm not going to answer uh, your question. Um, but what, I, what I'm going to ask you to do is leave all the debates behind, leave all of what you think this is behind, and just for a few minutes, humbly come in and let's just read the text for what it says and see why this is so important that God would start the whole story of the Bible with Genesis 1. So we're going to pull back this morning. We're going to see what the Bible has to say, and then we're going to see why it's so important and why Genesis 1 is incredible. The story begins, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. This is something uh, in literary terms is called a mirrorism. Now, a mirrorism, it takes two extremes... And, and uses those two extremes to really say it encompasses the whole thing. It, it's everything. Uh, if I lose my keys and I ask Amy, hey, I lost my keys, and she say, where'd you look? And I say, well, I looked high and low. Well, does that mean I just looked above my head and just under my feet? No, we know what that means, right? I looked everywhere. I looked high and low. Well, when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens, everything up there, and the earth, everything down here, it means he created everything. God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible doesn't give apologetics for there being a God or that he created everything. That's the starting point. There's a God and he created everything. And so for us, I think that should be our starting point as well. And any conversations, any debates, any other questions you have, we have to start with the point that there's a God and he created everything. Now we get the tension already in the story. It doesn't take us very long uh, to read the story to go, oh, there's something going on. In, in verse 2 it says, and this earth was formless and void. It was formless and empty. No structure and empty. Uh, now, whatever that means to you, if you tried to imagine that, my guess is you'd have a very hard time. So that's why I want, to, I want you to just have that picture on the floor of the, of the pillows and the blankets and the clips. It's formless and empty right now. What we know the earth is going to be, uh, day and night, uh, waters and sky, land and seas, what we know as formed at, at this point is formless. It's not ready for life. And in fact, there's two things at the beginning that we see why it's formless and empty. Uh, there's darkness and there's water. There's darkness and there's water without form and empty. Now, I think it's set up this tension, not so much that we know, uh, tell me what formless and void is. Because I think we'd all scratched, I'm not quite sure what formless and void actually means other than as us as readers to go, what's God need to do 
in order to create this place that we know as earth as a place for life. If it's formless and void, he needs to form it and fill it. Right? Formless and void, he needs to form it and fill it. And as we walk through the text, I just want to show you that there is a rhythm and a pattern and a song that invites you to start humming along. As you read it, some of these lines, you'll be like, oh, and I'm ready for the next line. As he forms and fills. We're going to take them both in two sections. First, we're going to see him forming the earth, and then we're going to see him filling the things, the places that he has actually formed. And watch, if you grew up in the church, maybe this is even new for you because you've gotten too much into the details. I just want you to draw back and see how God's at work here and start start tapping to the song. Verse 3, here's God forming the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the earth be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees, bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit. And which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. Now stop right there. You see what God is doing in these first three days. He's separating things. He's creating space for things. He's naming things. He's moving things all around to form. God is a God of purpose and design, and he has some design for how he's doing this. And he's going, okay, we're going to separate that. We're going to move that over here. We're going to put limits on this. Uh, Let me just summarize the first three days. Day one, he separates the light from the darkness. Now, don't imagine God trying to go, okay, I'm going to take this photon, and that's a light photon, and I'm going to separate it from the dark photon, if that's even a thing. I'm totally not a scientist. <laughs> but how do, you separate, how do you separate light and darkness? They're, like, they're opposites. And, 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 and actually, it goes on to explain. Let me tell you what God is actually doing in that day. He says, I'm going to say, this is light, and he called the light day. It, it, it's a period of time. It's like this space. It's like he goes, okay, the darkness will be here, and that darkness is going to end at the first, the first moment of light. He sets this limit on darkness and goes, this is going to be night, and this is going to be day. Uh, day two, he separates the water. The water below from the water above. Uh, and you're like, well, what water above? Well, we know. We live in Oregon. There's water above us all the time. And he says, in the middle, we're going to call that the sky. 
He, he separates and, and gives space to things. Day three, it says he gathers the water so that dry land appears. And, and he calls that dry land earth. And in this moment, in the song, you're ready for it, and there was evening and there was morning the third day, but yet it doesn't. God speaks again and says, now that this place is formed, it's so ready for life. Like, go ahead and let the earth just like sprout forth vegetation. It's ready. It's bursting forth with life. It's not filled yet, but it's been formed, and it is ready for that next part. In these first three days, we see that God is a God of order. He's a God of purpose. He's a God of boundaries. He, he puts limits on the water and the darkness and say, you can only go this far. That's why uh, my father-in-law lives in Depot Bay, because the ocean has been told just this far. He is a God that takes what is chaotic and out of control and has no purpose or design and says, I'm going to give it structure and purpose. I'm going to be the one in control. I'm going to design things in a specific and intentional way. God has formed the earth. Now watch this, especially if you've been around the church. God takes this forming of days one through three in these spaces, and now watch, he's going to fill each one of those spaces that he has created. He, what's formless and empty is now formed, and he's going to fill so read with me, along with me, verse 14. Verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the earth to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the fourth day. Verse 20. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind and the livestock according to their kind and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man, humanity, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. 
And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for, for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. See, God's taken those spaces that he has formed, and now he's filled each one of them. Do you, do you see this? Day four. So day one, we have the, the day and the night. Day four, we have the sun and the moon. We're filling the spaces that he's created. Day five, he separates the, the waters and has the skies and fills the skies with birds and fills the, the water with all these creatures and fish and everything. Day six, he gathers the water so that dry land appears. And in that dry land, he creates animals. And where we would expect to see, and there was morning, or there was evening, and there was morning, uh, the sixth day, he, God says again. It's almost like the bridge he had on day three. Do you see that? It's, it's uh, sim, uh, symmetry in that. Where, where now it's not the plants and animals. God says, now God said, let's create humanity in our image. There's this unique. Uh, this unique relationship that humans have to God as we're image bearers of God. He even, like, he even does this like song within the song about uh, we are image bearers of this creating, forming, and filling God. And so he says, so I, what I want you to do as image bearers is I want you to subdue the earth and fill it. I want you to take what's there and I want you to bring structure and purpose and meaning to it and I want you to fill it. Well, that sounds exactly like what we just read uh, about. We're image bearers of this God who has purpose and meaning and design. Well, there, there's actually a whole lot we could say uh, about us as humans, as image bearers. If you're at all interested in that, I can give you book after book after book as they try and figure out what that means to be image bearers. Uh, but I don't want to stop on day six. Uh, we often stop there, and we see humanity as the pinnacle of creation. And, and I would say it's not. Uh, I'm going to set that aside, all the image-bearing male and female things, which could open up a whole can of worms that we could talk all day about. I'm going to set that aside because I want to bring us to day seven. Day seven, the pinnacle of creation. Uh, in this song of creation that we have seen, there's been a rhythm, there's been a tempo, right? Even as I read it, you can, you can hear along. There's uh, certain words and phrases that are repeated, not like a normal uh, narrative. It's, it's like a verses and choruses of a song. Even some of the words in Hebrew are, are in, that are in that first chapter of Genesis are, are only found in songs throughout the Old Testament. Uh, they're very Im imaginative, like very creative words that express uh, things that you find in other songs. And so I, I think as we've uh, gone through this song of creation, you find this tempo, you find this rhythm, and, and you see the, the tension of it is forming and filling, right? That's the focus. He's formed, he's filled. 
He's formed, he's filled. But there are seven days of creation. The story's not done in day six. There's actually one more day to this song. We, the song's not over with yet. It, it, it keeps going for one more day. But what are we to do with day seven? Let, let's read it. It starts actually in Genesis 2. In your Bibles, you'll notice there's a little, in chapter 2, there's a little uh, couple of verses that are outside of what's normal. We'll talk a little bit more about that, how the story starts in Genesis 2-4. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 1. Let's read. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He set it apart because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. We get to day seven, and it clearly tells us right from the beginning, God's not forming anything here. Uh, all the heavens and the earth, it's all done. Day seven is finished with forming anything. Uh, we've, we've gotten this rhythm of forming and filling, forming and filling, and, and we're like, where does day seven fit into that? And what I'm going to try and show you is that this earthly tabernacle, temple, place where God dwells is not actually complete until day seven. Uh, We've gotten the, the beat of forming and filling. Uh, day six doesn't end, uh, but we often think, well, God just took a nap on day seven. He rested, right? He, he went on vacation. He was tired from all the six days of uh, creation, we call it. But, but, but there's this song that we want to sing all the way to the end of, and it comes to day seven. So let me bring you back to the beginning uh, when we, had, we made that fort. Do you remember that fort? Hannah's inside it. She's enjoying everything that her daddy's put in there. But the fort is actually not complete yet. There's one more thing that needs to go in that fort before it to be completely full. Uh, so rather than me going off and building bigger forts and, and better forts and, and more forts and, and like incredible forts and me showing my might and power, before I go, okay, I've made you the fort, now I'm going to go to work and get an extra day's work in because i got some stuff to do with the office that I can catch up on. See you later. No, there's one more thing that needs to be, the fort needs to be filled with, and that's dad. And so when I'm done forming and filling this fort, I get on my hands and my knees, and I crawl in the fort. I say, hey, Hannah, daddy's here. You see the smile in your, in, your, in your head of Hannah who goes, Daddy's in the fort. Mom, Dad's in the fort. Legs hanging out because I can't fit in the fort that I've created for you. And yet I've humbled myself to enter the world that I've created for her. And she tells me all about everything she's done. Look, Daddy, look at how I put this here. Isn't that cool? Oh, that's awesome, Hannah. Well, I put, I put Snoopy and the bear over there. They're actually having problems because they're arguing a bunch. But I talked to them and had them work it out and said they're sorry. So they're doing better now. And she tells me about her dream the night before. Oh, can you imagine this dream? And then she asked me, hey, Daddy, do you think God can see me when I'm playing in this fort? And I say, absolutely. Because the God of all creation who is 
majestic and mighty and beyond anything that we could possibly comprehend, who made all the universe, all the stars, everything, on day seven he rested and entered into the world that he created. And because of that, we have a God that is personal and imminent and right there with us. We have a God that's inviting us in to go, you don't know what the meaning of that is? Come to me. I created it. You should know that I'm here for you. Now, if I was in that fort, and and Hannah's just busy working and just ignores me, Daddy, I've got work to do. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to move this around, Daddy. I'm trying to just leave me alone. I'm trying to do all this stuff. There would actually be a huge disconnect, wouldn't it? And yet, how many people that we know in the world are living in day six as if God never entered our world? They're searching for meaning and purpose, excluding the one who has created all of this. You see, day seven is the pinnacle of creation. If you want to know meaning or purpose or where even to go in life, to share your struggles, your hurts, to be healed. We have a God who created the whole universe and yet on day seven says, I'm going to humble myself to enter the world that I created for them. And then next week, the very first thing we see God do is he gets his hands dirty. So if you're lost, if you're confused, if you're hurting, he's inviting you. Come into this place I built for you. Uh, Know me, the God of all creation. Uh, I want relationship with you. I want to end with reading uh, another song. It's a song that reflects the song of creation. It's from the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 95. And and I just want you to listen uh, how he describes creation and then how he describes what people don't do at the end. Psalm 95, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hand formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Enter that seventh day, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The New Testament writers go on to say uh, that when, when David, the author of Psalm 95, said, Today, if you hear his voice, that that today, that call is for us as long as it's called today. Uh, So what we just read about, this God of all creation who made everything, 
uh, is saying today, if you hear his voice, enter into that seventh day. Now, uh, this is just a little aside. If you notice through the, the whole song of creation, it ends with, and there was morning, there was evening and there was morning day one. There was evening and there was morning day two. There was evening and there was morning day three, four, five, six. On day seven, the song gets to that and doesn't end with, and there was evening and there was morning day seven. So the psalmist picks that up and goes, there's an offer on hand for each one of us. Day seven didn't conclude. It's like the story is day seven. What will we do with this creation that God has made for us? Will we enter into relationship with him? Will we get meaning and purpose in life from the God of all creation? And so today, because it's called today, that invitation is on hand for you as well. Uh, so if you don't know God as your creator, if you don't know his son Jesus who bled and died and suffered everything that you have suffered, who gets you, he understands where you're at, he knows. He, he's entered into the world with you. He wants that relationship with you. Uh, and so if you don't know him, I would really encourage you, man, uh, come see Harry or Joby or me or Christine or Mike or Michelle or just some, see somebody because it's too important to go the rest of your life just living in day six. Day seven is where it's at. Uh, let me pray, and then we're going to have the worship team come back up, and we're going to be able to respond in that day seven kind of way. Lord, thank you for these first words on the page uh, that were inspired by the Holy Spirit to be written down by man that were for us today. Uh, and so, Lord, I know there's lots of questions about how all this happened, and what about this, and what about this. And, Lord, I just pray that... Um, through your words, you'd be drawing our hearts and our minds to know you more, to love you better. Lord, that if, if there's somebody here who doesn't know um, the purpose or the meaning of life, of who they are, who they're created to be, I pray that they would come into relationship with you. And if they don't know how to do that, that they would seek someone out who, uh, who can help, and they would begin by reading your word and getting to know you more. And Lord, uh, for those of, you, of, of us who are, Lord, that, that picture of... Uh, a dad in a fort. Lord, I want that with you. I don't want to just be so busy in my life uh, doing things in the world that you've created that I miss relationship with you. So Lord, I pray even in the next few moments that we, we would just connect more, that you would allow all of us who are believers and you, that we would be, this would just be an intimate time. We don't have lists for the week. We don't have things to do, Lord, but we would just be able to worship you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.